What an awesome presence of God we feel in this house here today. I give honor to your great leadership here. So honored to be able to call your pastor a friend. Amen. And uh, Pastor Rory as well, a friend. Amen. And uh, you've been blessed in this church with tremendous leadership. Amen. And a few moments ago, Pastor said that you are in a time of revival, that you have been in revival all this year. And, and I feel that. I feel the spirit of revival in this house. I feel the kind of atmosphere where God can breathe into lives and spirits. I, I feel the atmosphere where God can reawaken some things. And I feel led to go that direction here today. I want to share something with you that God gave me some time ago, something that in all honesty I preached to myself before I preached to anybody else. But I feel led to go that direction. I'm not going to belabor the time. But if you have your Bibles, I want to read from Ezekiel chapter 37. Start at verse 1 and skip around just a little bit. Ezekiel chapter 37. And in this passage of Scripture, Ezekiel is relaying for our benefit a vision that God has given him and paints a powerful picture of revival. The Bible says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out of the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass them round about and behold there were very many in the open valley and lo they were very dry and he said unto me son of man can these bones live and I answered O Lord God thou knowest and again he said unto me prophesy upon these bones and say unto them O ye dry bones hear the word of the Lord Skipping down to verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. And finally, verse 10, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Every time I read that final verse, verse 10, I'm struck always by the totality of the, the revival, the totality of the change where they went from a pile of scattered bones, broken things having been scavenged and lost with time and happenstance and scavengers to not just being put back together. But the Bible says they stood once again as an exceeding great army. I want to, from this passage, there are two laws that I want to pull out. And I just want to talk to you here this, this morning about the laws of revival. The laws of revival. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for your power, your presence, for your anointing that we feel in this place. God, we don't take your anointing for granted, God. But we ask you right now to anoint your word. Give me your words to speak to the hearts and minds. And let this be a living word that will take root in hearts and minds in the weeks and the months to come. And we'll be careful to give your name the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 
I say all the time that personal revival has become one of the passions of my ministry and that I preach and teach about personal revival probably as much as I teach and preach about anything else. And But I do believe that my passion for personal revival comes from the fact that I see such a need for personal revival. Because in any given week, I'm in a different church in a different state, and, and sometimes I'm in multiple churches on any given week. But it seems that no matter where I am and no matter who I'm talking to, that I see some of the same things. That I look and I see what people are facing, and, and it seems even in the house of God that people are facing things now that they've never had to really fight off in their minds and their spirits. I, I see discouragement now like never before, and, and I see disillusionment and just a, a confusion of heart and mind, and, and, and there just seems to be such an attack uh, against the minds and the spirits uh, of the people of God. And as I see where people are and what people are dealing with, uh, I am gripped with this passion uh, to tell as many people as will listen to me uh, that God is still in uh, the revival business, uh, that God is still able uh, and God is still willing to breathe uh, into your life whenever you need the breath of God. I love what the psalmist David said in Psalms uh, chapter 138, verse 7. Uh, he says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, uh, thou wilt revive me. Now, I don't know what that does for you here this morning, but it does me some good to, to hear the psalmist uh, acknowledge that, yes, uh, there might be trouble, uh, and I might be walking in the midst of trouble. Sometimes it feels like uh, there's just trouble all around me, whatever direction I face. Uh, it seems like I'm walking in trouble, uh, but I like like where the psalmist David says, uh, even though I walk in the midst of trouble, uh, I've got the comfort and reminder uh, that you will revive, revive me, uh, that there's a God in heaven uh, who is with me uh, and who is able uh, and who is willing to uh, revive. And I like that it's David who's talking about God who can revive in the midst of trouble because by now David has his own testimony. All David has to do is look in the rearview mirror of his own life and recognize that if not for a God who can revive in the midst of trouble, his own testimony, his own life story would have been the story of a young man who once did great things for God, a young man who once killed lions and bears and giants. But David would have died as an adulterer and as a murderer. But because God is so committed to revival, he stepped in on the other side of David's greatest failure. And the Bible says that David became a man after God's own heart. When David says that God can revive in the midst of trouble, David knows what he's talking about. No wonder he's able to say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I don't just see what's around me, but I know who's with me. I've got a reviver. I've got a keeper. I've got a sword. I've got a shield. I've got a shepherd. I've got one who can prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. What you find when you look at scripture is that ultimately the Bible itself is a book of revival. 
from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, if not for revival, the story of Samson uh, would have been the story of yet another great young champion uh, who once did great things for God uh, and once conquered the enemy and, and did mighty exploits. Uh, but if not for revival, Samson uh, would have died in a dungeon uh, as simply a laughing stock, uh, a source of entertainment uh, for the enemy that he once dominated. Uh, but because God is so committed to revival, uh, on the other side of Samson's greatest failure, uh, the Bible says that he killed more of the enemy uh, in his death uh, than he did in his entire life. Uh, if not for revival, the story of Jonah would have been the story of a runaway preacher, uh, a preacher who turned his back uh, on the call of God, uh, and Jonah would have died at the bottom of an ocean. Uh, but because God is so committed to revival, uh, God sent a vehicle down uh, to pick Jonah up uh, at the lowest point of his life uh, and deposit him upon the shores uh, of his destiny. Uh, and Jonah had the greatest revival uh, of his ministry uh, on the other side of, of his greatest failure. Uh, I don't know who God sent me to preach to uh, in Christian life this morning, uh, but I believe God wants somebody to hear uh, that he's committed to revival. Uh, I believe God wants somebody to know uh, that he's able uh, and he's willing uh, to breathe uh, into your life uh, whenever you need the breath of God. So I do believe here this morning that revival is one of the most important concepts in our Christian walk. But I'm also convinced that revival is one of the least appreciated parts of our Christian walk. Because too many times whenever we talk or think about revival, we only talk and think about revival in the corporate sense. Think about what I'm saying. Most of the time when we talk about revival, we only talk and think about revival in the corporate sense as a, a collective. So uh, we might talk about revival services and, 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 and revival where you might have as a church, uh, you come together and you say we're going to have a, a night of revival, a revival meeting. Or we might talk about great revival movements that sweep through cities and sweep uh, through regions. Uh, and I, But I thank God uh, for corporate revival. I thank God uh, for when you experience revival uh, as a collective. Uh, but I've come to preach this morning uh, that revival is so much more than just a corporate thing. Uh, I've come to preach that personal revival uh, should be uh, a very real part uh, of your Christian walk. Uh, I've come to challenge somebody in the Holy Ghost. Uh, when was the last time uh, you took a look in the spiritual mirror and said, wait a minute, uh, there are some things that used to be there uh, that I don't see anymore. There are some things that used to be there uh, that I don't feel anymore. Uh, I don't see the joy that I used to have. I don't sense the peace that used to reign in my life. I don't see the passion that used to drive me. Something has happened. Something is missing. Something has been taken away. Let me remind you here this morning that you and I find ourselves in a spiritual battle. I say all the time that the Bible doesn't sugarcoat this. The Bible doesn't hide the fact that you and I are in a very real battle with an enemy who desires to steal, kill, and destroy. And just like in any battle, there is always the risk of death. Now, in some unfortunate cases, it's the entire spirit man that's killed in this battle. And so you might look around this beautiful sanctuary this morning 
And you might be able to point to spots where people that you know and love used to sit. But somehow the enemy has landed a fatal blow. And somehow they've lost the entire spirit man in this battle. They no longer sit in this church. They no longer sit in any church. They have lost the entire spirit man. The great news is that even in those circumstances, revival is available. Revival is possible. And God can restore and God can renew. But hear me this morning when I say it's not always the entire spirit man that gets killed in this battle. I've been around long enough now to know that sometimes it's just certain aspects of the spirit man that you lose in this battle. And so you're still in the house of God and you're still trying to do a work for God. You're still being faithful to the house of God. And you're still trying to maintain a, a relationship with God. You haven't lost the entire spirit man. But sometimes you just lose certain aspects of the spirit man. Sometimes it's just your joy that you lose in the battle. Sometimes it's just your peace that you lose in this battle. Sometimes it's just your passion that you lose in this battle. Sometimes it's just your burden. Uh, that you lose in this battle. Uh, sometimes uh, it's just your love for others uh, that you lose in the battle. Uh, sometimes it's just your vision uh, that you lose in the battle. Uh, sometimes uh, it's just your enthusiasm uh, that you lose in this battle. Uh, sometimes uh, it's just your confidence in God uh, that you lose in this battle. Uh, sometimes uh, it's just a confidence in yourself uh, that you lose in this battle. Uh, sometimes it's just your ministry uh, and your calling uh, that you lose in this battle. But I believe God sent me to Monroe to tell somebody this morning, it doesn't matter what you've lost. Personal revival is available. And God is here this morning to breathe into somebody's spirit. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I believe, I believe that I had a revelation from my own personal life a few years ago that kind of changed the way I looked at personal revival because it began to dawn on me. Wait a minute. If I can just bring things back into existence when I lose it in the battle, if I can just speak it back into existence, if I can just revive whatever I lose in this battle, I become somewhat indestructible. Almost like some of the superheroes that comic books I used to read back when, way back in the day when we used to read books. And But I remember just these superheroes that could just regenerate and just heal themselves. I, it began, somebody needs to hear this in the Holy Ghost. It began to dawn on me, wait a minute, how can I lose a battle when if any time the enemy should land a blow and cut something out of my life, I understand. Uh, I can speak that right back into existence. Uh, 
How can I lose a battle when said he managed to cut my joy out from under me? Uh, I understand I can go to my prayer closet uh, and I don't have to come out uh, until I feel the joy uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, how can I lose a battle uh, when said he cut my ministry out from under me? Uh, I understand I can grab the horns of the altar uh, and I don't have to leave uh, until I've got my ministry back. Uh, how can I lose a battle? Uh, I believe somebody ought to get a revelation uh, that you can have the enemy confused. He cuts your arm off today, and he comes back tomorrow thinking he's going to finish the job. But when he shows up tomorrow, you don't have to look like where you've been. You don't have to look like what you've been through. But you can be standing whole. You can be standing revived. They say you can take a starfish, and you can cut one of the limbs off of a starfish bishop. And they say, you just you cut one of the limbs off, uh, and you just give that starfish enough time, uh, and that limb will grow right back, uh, and you'll never know it was ever taken off. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know theologically uh, if there's such a thing as the spirit uh, of a starfish, uh, but I would to God uh, if there is such a thing, uh, that it would grab a hold uh, of the people of God. Uh, this understanding uh, that I don't have to stay uh, like where I was. Uh, I don't have to live uh, like what I've been through. Uh, I don't have to live with the scars and the wounds of my yesterdays as long as there's a God in heaven who's able to revive as long as there's a God in heaven who can make things new as long as there's a God in heaven who can make me whole again my God I feel the Holy Ghost in this house I feel the Holy Ghost in this house but I believe there are two simple laws that you must understand if radical revival is going to take place in your personal life. And these two laws are illustrated beautifully in the text that we read. We read where God uh, took Ezekiel up and God showed Ezekiel a valley that was full of dry bones. And the Bible says in Loa, they were very dry. And the Bible says God took Ezekiel round about that valley. It's, it's as if God wanted Ezekiel to see just how bad, just, just how hopeless and just uh, how beyond repair the situation was. And after God showed Ezekiel just how bad uh, things were in that valley, uh, God then asked Ezekiel uh, a very important question. God said, Ezekiel, now that I've shown you how bad it is, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, can these bones live that first question out of the mouth of god speaks directly to what i call the first law of revival the first understanding that you must have if radical revival is ever going to take place uh, in your life. Uh, you see, the first hurdle that had to be overcome uh, was whether or not there was any doubt in Ezekiel's mind uh, that even those dry bones could live again. Uh, that was the first question uh, that had to be asked and answered. Uh, and uh, let me tell you here this morning, uh, that speaks directly to what I call the first law of revival. Uh, and that first law is simply this. If it used to live once, it can live again. Period. If it used to live once, 
It doesn't matter how dead it is. It can live again. If it used to live once, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what anybody else might say about it. It doesn't matter what your own flesh might whisper about it. It doesn't matter what the enemy says about it in your midnight hour. If it used to live once, if you let God do what he wants to do, it can live again. If it used to live once, if you let God be what he wants to be, it can live again. In Luke chapter 7, Jesus happened to come across a funeral procession. It was the funeral of the son of a widow woman. She had lost her husband, and now she had lost her only son. And that is obviously something difficult, no matter the day and time that you live in. But in their culture in particular, that was going to place her in a a disadvantaged situation, having uh, lost her husband uh, and then now having lost uh, her only son. And Jesus happened to come across uh, this funeral procession. Now, here in, in America, it is our custom that whenever we come across a funeral procession, that, that out of respect, we pull over and we allow that, that procession to go through intact. But, but the culture of that day and time was different. You, you didn't simply get out of the way uh, of a funeral procession, but you were supposed to join uh, that funeral procession. Uh, and you were supposed to accompany those people to the place of burial. Uh, and so as that mother made her way through town, uh, carrying her only son, uh, every of the person that she came across uh, would join that funeral procession uh, to help her bury her son. Uh, but I'm so glad that Jesus Christ uh, of Nazareth uh, is not like anybody else uh, that you and I will ever come across uh, because Jesus did not join uh, that funeral procession. Uh, but Jesus said, oh, wait a minute. Uh, stop the funeral. Uh, let me speak life uh, unto this young boy. Uh, if it used to live once, uh, it can live again. Uh, I said all that to say this. Uh, I hear that same voice of Jesus uh, trying to talk to somebody uh, in Christian life uh, trying to tell you to stop the funeral. Uh, I don't know what it is uh, that you're just about ready to give up on. Uh, I don't know what it is uh, that you're on the verge of accepting. Uh, I'll never see this again. Uh, I'll never do this again. Uh, I might as well lay this down uh, once and for all uh, and walk away. Uh, but I hear a voice from heaven uh, trying to tell somebody uh, to stop the funeral. Uh, if it used to live once, uh, let me speak to it. Uh, it can live again. My God, I feel faith rising in this house. I don't care what the enemy says. If it used to live once, it can live again. But let me tell you when your faith is going to be tested. Because there are times in life where we've already had the funeral. We just sang a song about getting out of the grave. And yes, that's something that can point towards the rapture. But if we're honest with ourselves, there are times even in this life that we have some graves, some things that we've already had the funeral. It's been dead for so long that we've already buried it and walked away. 
And that's when your faith is going to be tested. That's when uh, it's going to be difficult to believe with any degree of of certainty what I'm preaching here today, that it can uh, live again. Uh, Sometimes things uh, are dead for so long uh, that they're no longer just dead, uh, but there are now complications. It's not just dead, but but it's beyond dead. Uh, And it's difficult then to believe uh, that it can live uh, again. Let let, let me try to explain uh, what I'm saying here. I believe this morning that if God uh, had shown Ezekiel in this verse, uh, if he had shown Ezekiel a valley full of people who were just dead, uh, if the only problem was they were dead, uh, but if they were still intact, um, if they were still whole, uh, perhaps bloody, but if they were still intact, um, I believe Ezekiel uh, might have had enough faith uh, to answer more quickly, yes, God, uh, I believe these men uh, can live again. Uh, But hear me when I say uh, it's one thing to say that you believe that soldiers uh, can live again. Uh, It's something entirely different to say, uh, I believe that these bones uh, can live again. Uh, Sometimes things are so far beyond uh, being dead uh, that things have been missing now. Uh, Things have been scavenged now. Uh, Things have been eaten away with time uh, and it's difficult to believe uh, that even God uh, can bring them back to life. Reminded of the story of Lazarus. Lazarus was sick. And his family had faith. They had enough faith to call for Jesus because they knew that Jesus was the healer. They had enough faith to call on Jesus because they knew he had done the miraculous. And they sent for Jesus to come heal their brother Lazarus. But by the time Jesus showed up, Lazarus had been dead for three days. And so the first thing out of their mouth was, By now, he stinketh. You see, I'm convinced that if Jesus had maybe shown up five minutes after Lazarus had died, somebody who had seen Jesus opened the blinded eye, somebody who had seen Jesus unstop the deaf ear, the person who had enough faith uh, to believe Jesus in the first place, uh, to sin for Jesus, somebody would have had enough faith uh, to grab Jesus by the hand uh, and try to rush him into where Lazarus lay uh, and say maybe there's still hope. Uh, But by the time Jesus showed up, uh, they said by now uh, he stinketh. Uh, By now uh, he's so far beyond uh, being healed uh, that not Not even the Messiah, not even the great physician uh, can do anything for Lazarus. Uh, And so instead of taking Jesus uh, to where they bury Lazarus, uh, they try to bring Jesus in uh, and entertain Jesus uh, where they were. Uh, But I love the fact that Jesus stopped at the door. Jesus said, wait a minute, I didn't come to be entertained. Uh, He said, when you sent for me, uh, you asked me to come and heal Lazarus. uh, And I've come to heal Lazarus. Uh, You might think it's too late. You might think I showed up uh, three days too late, uh, but hear me in the Holy Ghost. Uh, When Jesus Christ shows up, uh, he's right on time. Uh, Jesus said, take me uh, to where you bury Lazarus. Uh, Roll away that stone uh, and then get out of the way. Uh, Take me to where you bury Lazarus. Uh, Roll away the stone uh, and then step back uh, and allow me to speak to that thing. Uh, Allow me to say, Lazarus, uh, come forth. Uh, I know how long you've been in there, Lazarus. Uh, 
but Lazarus come forth. I know what everybody else is saying, Lazarus, but Lazarus come forth. I've come that ye might have a life and have a life more abundantly. I've come to heal you. I don't care what anybody else says, but I've come with healing in my hands. I've come with life in my hands. My God. My God, I don't know who I come to preach to in this house today. I don't know what your Lazarus is. I don't know what it is that you laid down so long ago. You've accepted. I'll never see this again. I'll never feel this again. I'll never believe this again. And you buried it long ago. And you put a stone in front of it. And you've accepted. I'll never see Lazarus. But I hear the voice of heaven trying to tell somebody, take me to where you bury that thing. Having a faith to pull away the stone and then step out of the way and allow me to speak to it. If it used to live once, it can live again. If you used to believe it once, you can believe it again. If you used to do it once, see out of God. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I believe we ought to take about 20 seconds right now. Come on, lift your voice all across this building and say, God, let it be so in my life. God, let it be so in my ministry. God, let it be so in my household. God, let it be so. Let it live and not die. Stir it up right now. Breathe. She ought to go, God. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God. It can, I don't care what the enemy says, it can live again. I don't care how long it's been dead, it can live again. It can live again. I've come to preach faith into somebody in this house. It can live again. But this brings us quickly, I've got to hurry. This brings us quickly to the second law of revival. Because I can't stop where I am right now. Because I believe it's in the second law of revival. That revival becomes real and lasting and perpetual. I made up my mind some years ago that I was tired of what I called revival cycles. The ups and downs of revival. And I feel revived and it might last a few weeks, might last a few months, but I find myself eventually right back down to where I've always been. And I said, God, I want there to be perpetual revival in my life. I, I want something to happen that's going to stay alive and take me from glory to glory and, and, and do something lasting in my life. And I believe it's in the second law of revival where we speak to this. We read then how God told Ezekiel to speak to the dry bones. Sometimes God will put you in a circumstance where you run the risk of looking and sounding a little bit silly. Or anybody walking by would, would ask, Why, what are you doing speaking to a pile of dead, dry bones, to a dead and dry situation? But God said, Ezekiel, you open your mouth and you speak to these bones. The Bible says when Ezekiel spoke, some things began to happen. The Bible says that first bones came together bone to his bone. That's a miracle. Only God could have taken all those broken and scattered pieces and put them back together again. And then the Bible says that the flesh 
and the sinew was formed and covered those skeletons. That's the second miracle. Only God could have recreated those things lost in that valley. I see this as a recreative miracle. God supernaturally recreating the things that were lost and scavenged in that valley situation. And then the Bible says that the skin was formed and it covered the muscle and the sinew. That's the third miracle. I see this as a cosmetic miracle. God covering things up, making things look normal, making things look right, making things look respectable again. Three miracles, three supernatural acts, three things that God and only God could do. But then the Bible goes on to say, but there was no breath in them. Three miracles, but no revival. Three acts of supernatural intervention, but no revival. The second law of revival is simple, but I believe is profound. And it's simply this. It's not revival until it lives again. It's not revival until it lives again. And let me try to explain why I'm so passionate about this second law of revival. Because I've seen it happen too many times where good people get in valley situations. They experience the death and the destruction, the brokenness and the decay of the valley. And then God begins to step in and God begins to perform the miracles that only he can perform. God begins to take those broken and scattered pieces and put them back together like only he can. And God begins to recreate the things that you lost in that valley like only he can. And God begins to cover you up and make you look whole and respectable like only he can. And you don't look like what you've been through and you've been put back together. God has done the miraculous. And it's right about then. That the enemy would step in uh, and start to whisper, you ought to be satisfied. Uh, you ought to be lucky. You know uh, the scattered mess that you used to be. Uh, nobody knows what happened to you. Uh, nobody knows what you did in that valley to fall apart uh, and break apart. Uh, and the enemy was beginning to whisper, uh, you ought to be satisfied uh, that God had enough grace and mercy uh, to step in uh, and put your pieces back together. Uh, you ought to be satisfied uh, that God had enough grace and mercy uh, to re create the things uh, that you lost in the valley. Uh, you ought to be satisfied uh, that God uh, has covered you up uh, and now you look whole uh, and you look respectable again. Uh, you ought to be satisfied uh, that God had enough grace and mercy uh, to work those miracles uh, because hear me friend when I say uh, the enemy would like nothing more than for you to stop at the level uh, of those lesser miracles. Uh, he doesn't mind uh, you getting put back together. Uh, he doesn't mind God uh, recreating some things. 
things. He doesn't mind you looking whole and looking normal again, but he does not want you to realize that God wants to do something even greater. He does not want you to realize that there's a greater miracle that God needs to perform. It's not revival until the heart begins to beat again. It's not revival until the blood begins to pump again. It's not revival until you begin to crawl around and find your weapons of warfare. It's not revival until you've got your sword back. You've got your shield back. You've got your purpose back. You've got your passion back. You're everything that you ever were. It's not revival until you're able to stand up and walk out of that valley once and for all and say, I'm never coming back to this place. I might have been broken, but I'm coming out of this place. I might have been scattered, but I'm coming out of this place. It's not revival until he breathes and you become everything. My God. Somebody needs to hear this. There are people in this house. You've been trapped at the miracle level. There's people in this house. The enemy has you convinced that all God can do is put you back together and make you whole again. But I've come to preach a message of true revival. I'm trying to get somebody to hear the voice of heaven that says, after I put you back together, after I've covered you up, after I made you whole and respectable, I am not finished with you. There's an even greater miracle that I need to perform. I need to breathe into you so you can be everything that you ever were. I need to breathe into you so you can feel everything that you've ever felt. I need to breathe into you so you can do everything you've ever done. I need to breathe into you so you can believe everything you've ever believed. I need to breathe into you so you can smile again, so you can dance again, so you can shout again so you can mount up on the wings like an eagle again. I need to breathe into you so everything and anything can come back to life. My God, my God. My God, somebody ought to make up your mind this morning. I'm not stopping at the miracle level. Somebody ought to make up your mind. I thank God I'm not the scattered mess that I used to be. I thank God you recreated the things that I lost in my life. I thank God you covered me up and you made me whole. But I'm not stopping there. I'm not leaving this morning until you breathe into my spirit. The enemy would have you convinced that all you can hope for is respectability again. All you can hope for is wholeness again. But don't settle for the miracles. God is here to restore somebody to your original purpose and your original destiny. I wish this story that we read in Ezekiel, I wish this story had continued to where these soldiers who were once dead but now alive, I wish we could read where they walked down the streets of their hometown and knocked on the doors of their family and friends. I can imagine people scratching their heads trying to figure out what happened. I know for a fact that you died. I was there. I know for a fact that we left you for dead in that valley. How is it now possible that you stand before me looking exceedingly great? How is it now possible that you stand before me 
looking the way that you looked when you went into battle in the first place. I've said all that to say this, that you can leave this house this morning in such a way where you can have people scratching their heads trying to figure out what happened at Christian life on a Sunday morning. My God, I thought for sure I heard you were dead. I thought for sure I'd never hear you sing that song like that ever again. I thought for sure I'd never hear you tell that testimony like that ever again. I thought for sure I'd never see you weep in the Shekinah glory of God like that ever again. I thought for sure I'd never see you consumed with purpose and passion like that ever again. I'm getting ready to close, but hear this. In order for them to leave that valley as an exceedingly great army, it meant they came into that valley as an exceedingly great army. And that lets me know two things. The first thing it lets me know is that even the exceedingly great, even the strong among us, will sometimes have valley experiences. Experience death and decay, destruction, and will need God to put us back together, cover us up, and breathe into us. It's not a function of being weak. It's a function of being human. That we will all sometimes have these valley experiences. But the second thing it lets me know They went into that valley as a great army, and they came out as a great army. The second thing that lets me know is that when true revival takes place, God restores everything. You come out of that valley with everything you went into that valley with. But you also come out of that valley with something that you can only get in the valley. And that's the testimony. And can you imagine the testimony of one of those soldiers? I know for a fact that I died in that valley. I remember the enemy standing above me in victory. I remember the lifeblood leaving my body. I remember the pain. I remember the sun fading to darkness. I know for a fact that I died in that valley and I can't explain what happened next but the next thing I knew I heard a voice saying breathe upon these slain that they may live and the next thing I knew I was standing again I had my sword back I had my shield back can you imagine the testimony a testimony like that is so powerful that you no longer have to give your testimony. But you yourself become a testimony. And God is here this morning to turn some people into some testimonies. Where you won't even have to say a word. People take one look at you. You've got your joy back. You've got your peace back. You've got your passion back. You've got your purpose back. You've got your ministry back. You've got your calling back. You've got your dance back. You've got your shout back. You've got your song back. People take one look at you and they say, only God, only God could have done this. Can we stand all over this building?
those soldiers in that valley. Those soldiers in that valley, they lost their lives in battle. Their lives were taken violently by the hand of an enemy in battle. Lazarus, on the other hand, he didn't die fighting any battle. He just got sick and died. It was just life. He just succumbed to life. I believe God sent me here in the Holy Ghost to tell somebody. It doesn't matter how you might have lost whatever you lost, whether by the hand of the enemy in battle or whether it was just life. God sent me here to tell somebody, if it used to live once, I've come to stand against the whispers of hell in somebody's life. If it used to live once, I don't care what hell says about it, it can live again. If you used to believe it once, you can believe it again. If you used to dream it once, you can dream it again. If you used to do it once, you can do it again. But it's not revival until it does live again. There are too many people in this house that you know you've been stuck at the miracle level. You know that God put you back together and you've allowed the enemy to beat you down with condemnation and he has you convinced that you've disqualified yourself and that God cannot breathe into you and make you everything that you were. That God cannot breathe into you and restore every dream and every desire. That God cannot breathe into you and bring back every purpose. See, God, oh God, he's got you convinced that where you are is where you're going to stay. But I've come with a word from heaven for somebody in this house. God is here this morning and God will breathe into your life. But nothing happened until Ezekiel opened his mouth and looked at a pile of scattered bones and said, Oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Sometimes you've got to open your own mouth. Sometimes you've got to prophesy to your own self your own circumstance. Oh, ye dry bones here. See, honorable God. Come on, is there anybody in this house who's ready to be like Ezekiel? Hear the word of the Lord. I shall live and not die. I shall live and not die. Oh, come on. These altars are open right now. These altars are open right now. Somebody needs to make their way down to these altars. And you need to come speaking like Ezekiel. Oh, come on. Don't worry about what's happening around you. You need to come speaking like Ezekiel. Hear the word of the Lord. I shall live and not die. Come on. Somebody prophesy. Somebody prophesy to yourself. Great. 